And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword shall pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was eighty-four. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer, night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of Him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Father in heaven, we do thank You for that holy night when Christ was born. And we pray that we would get some understanding of it even now as we look into Your Word. In Jesus' name, Amen. There's a misconception uh, concerning Christmas, and that mis- misconception is that Christmas is for children. Uh, and, and perhaps we're to blame for that. Christmas uh, has become kind of child-centered in our culture rather than, rather than Christ-centered. We have these fascinating stories that we tell them. We have all these gifts that we give them. We have these games that we play with our children, treats that are made for them, and, and nothing wrong with those things. But, but Luke shows us in his gospel here that Christmas isn't just for children, that, that it's even for the aged, because he introduces us to two people in this passage who are older. These are aged people. We have Anna. She, she's an old widow. We don't know how old she was ex- exactly. Uh, we know that she had been married for seven years. And, and there's two different ways you can read the original text. Either, either she had been a widow for 84 years after she was married for seven years. Or she was 84 years old. Either way, she's a woman who's an older woman. And then there's Simeon, and we don't know exactly how old he was, but we know he was older because, number one, it says in verses 25 and 26 that he had been waiting on the Savior for a long time, and that in verse 29 he was ready to die. And so you get the idea that if you're ready to die, you're an older person. Now I want to set the background for this message this evening so you can really understand it. A young virgin has been given some startling news by an angel. Uh, She's going to conceive a child by the Holy Spirit, and this child would be the Son of the Most High God. The young woman's fiancé was heartbroken. Uh, He didn't believe the story about her being pregnant by the Holy Spirit, of course, and he wanted to end the betrothal, and then an angel visited him. And that angel in a dream said to him, the child that she has was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and this child would save his people from their sins. We see also in the story what comes next is this child is born in some very humble circumstances in a small village called Bethlehem, placed in a manger, validated uh, by, by shepherds and visited by them as well. And then we come to where we are now. The child was taken to the temple. His mother was there to observe the, the Jewish customs, the Jewish laws, purification. And it's there in the temple at Jerusalem where we see Simeon meets Jesus. And we see that the text says that he had been waiting on Jesus. He'd been waiting on someone that he'd never seen. 
Now the Bible says that Simeon was a righteous man. That means he had faith in God and that he was a devout man as well. In other words, he didn't just have faith. He was a man who lived his life for God. And it says in the text that he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. The word consolation is a word that means comfort. You see, the people of God needed comfort. They needed comfort that God had not abandoned them. They needed comfort that when the prophets of old said that a Savior was coming, all that they said was true. They needed the good news that a Savior had been born. They needed this comfort. And then it says that the Holy Spirit was upon Him. Even under the old covenant, you couldn't live for God without the Holy Spirit. Now in the Old Testament and New Testament, there's a difference there at the measure of the Spirit that's given to the individual, but not the presence The presence of the Spirit is always involved in anyone who comes to know God. And so here the Spirit of God led Simeon and he followed him. Now look at what the Spirit revealed to him. The Spirit told him that he would see the Savior before he died. He would see this promised child before he died. Now now Simeon was a godly man, a man who knew the Bible. He knew that Isaiah 7.14 said that a virgin will conceive and bring forth the son. He knew that Micah said a king was coming out of Bethlehem. And he sought God and God said to him one day, Simeon, these promises that you've read in my word, these promises that you've heard in my word, you'll see them come true. You'll not die until they do come true. Now Simeon knew this. He knew once the parents of that child brought that child into the world, he knew that they would go to the temple. And I believe that the reason that he went to the temple so often was because he knew that it was there that he would see the Savior because the parents would be obligated by Jewish law to take this child to the temple. We don't know how long he did this. But we get the idea that for a very long time he went back and forth to that temple. Now I want you to notice something about him. He's just a man. It doesn't say he's a priest. It doesn't say he's a prophet. He's like me. He's like you. He's just a man who who loves the Lord. He had no reason to be at the temple every day, y'all. No reason at all. And when you think about how God told him this and God promised him this, you have to ask the question, do you reckon that he told others what God told him? I bet he did. I bet he told his friends, hey, you know what, guess what? I know that I'm going to see the Savior before I die because God has promised me that I will. And I also bet that there were some people who probably didn't believe him. There goes Simeon again. Where are you going, Simeon? Yeah, you headed back down there to the temple today to look for the Savior? You know we haven't had a word from God in over 400 years. Since Malachi, no one's heard from God and you're still going down there? And maybe they see Simeon coming home every evening. And they cry out to Simeon, Was he there today? Did you see him today, Simeon? Here comes Simeon. No, he wasn't there. But I'll be back tomorrow. And he may be there then. See, Simeon knew that one day he would see Jesus. No doubt in his heart. And you know, it's the same as those of us who are looking for the return of Christ, isn't it? It's the same thing. We tell other people, you know, Jesus is coming back. One of these days, the eastern sky is going to split and Jesus is coming back. And we go to church week after week and maybe we're mocked. What in the world are you guys doing that for? Why do y'all continue to go and look for Jesus? He's not coming back. It's been so long. And what do we say? We say what Simeon might have said in in his day. No, it wasn't today. But I'll be looking again tomorrow. Amen. The same was true for Anna. Verse 37 says she was at the temple every day. She fasted, it says. She prayed. She worshipped. And I love the fact that none of these senior saints became bitter. 
None of these senior saints in their old age turned their back on God, even though they had been going for many, many years to worship the Lord and had never seen the promise of God come yet, had never seen it. In their older age, they weren't bitter at all. You know, we can have probably people in this very room who've been waiting on the return of Jesus for 70 or 80 years. Amen? Some of you have been saved maybe 60, 70 years. I wouldn't doubt that there's some people in this very room that have been saved for 60 or 70 years looking for the return of Christ. You've been living for God. You've been in church. You've been praying. And I want to encourage you to do what Simeon did. Just keep looking. Amen? Just keep looking because I will promise you He's coming. He is absolutely coming. And then we see that Simeon welcomed Jesus. He welcomed Him. One morning, Simeon got up and he probably thought it was just a normal day. He knew what he would do. He would go down to the temple and he would look for the, for, for the Lord. And that very day, though, while he was in there in the temple, the doors opened and here came a young couple. And this young couple was holding a baby. There wasn't a halo floating over this little baby. There weren't any angels accompanying this little baby. There was no spotlight shining on this little baby. Hey, Simeon, this is him. Nothing like that in the text. The Spirit of God simply spoke to Simeon and said to Simeon, There he is. There he is. Amen? Amen. Now Mary and Joseph were not there to see Simeon because he was not a priest. They were there to see a priest. They were there to see help, have someone to help them make the sacrifice that they needed to make on that day. You wonder, why didn't anyone else welcome Jesus? Could it be that that very few people were looking for the Savior? I think that's the truth. But there were a couple of people who were Anna, and there was Simeon, who weren't even in the priesthood at all. And here they were, looking for the Lord. And so the Spirit spoke, and after the Spirit spoke, Simeon goes straight to Jesus. Now Jesus is 40 days old, y'all. He's 40 days old at this time. He's tiny. And Simeon probably scared Mary and Joseph to death, didn't he? When he ran over to them and grabbed the baby out of their arms and took that baby in his own arms. Imagine that scene. Here you've got this old man who's grabbed your baby and he's just smiling ear to ear. And imagine baby Jesus looking back at the wrinkled face of this old man. Amen? There Simeon is holding this child. There Jesus is looking back at this old man. Imagine that scene. And look at what Simeon says. What Simeon says is, he's one of my favorite Christmas characters because what he says blows me away. When he picks that baby Jesus up and he looks at that baby Jesus, he says this, he says, I'm ready to die. That's what he says. I'm ready to die. Now if I were to tell you this, if I were to say, look, I've got a word from God and you're not going to die until Christmas comes, you'd probably start thinking, boy, I hope Christmas doesn't come soon. Amen? You wouldn't be looking forward to Christmas if I told you, hey guys, you're going to die when Christmas comes. But here's Simeon, and that's exactly what was told him. When Christmas comes, the very first Christmas, when it comes, Simeon, then you're going to die. But you see that Simeon has a peace about death. Why? Because he knows the Savior has come. What a wonderful thing that is about Christmas, y'all, that we no longer fear death. We have a peace even in death. The worst thing that can happen to us is the best thing that will ever happen to us. Death will usher us into the presence of the Lord Himself to be absent from the body, to be present, from, to be present with the Lord. You know, because of Jesus, we like Simeon can welcome death. Amen? We can welcome it. We can also welcome the second coming. 
We can say, even so, come Lord Jesus. We're not afraid of the undertaker and we're not afraid of the overtaker. Amen? Neither one of them. We're ready. Why? Because of Jesus. And look how Simeon describes Jesus in verse 32. He says He's a light for the Gentiles. He says He's glory for Israel. You see, the Savior comes and He brings Jew and Gentile together. The Gentiles were in great darkness. Most of us in here are from a European descent, and we don't think about ourselves as idol worshippers. If you don't think about yourself as an idol worshipper, you don't know much about your ancestry. If you go back and look at what Europeans worship, they worship some of the craziest gods you could ever imagine. They're the ones worshiping Zeus. They're the ones with the stories of Hercules and Medusa and all these things. I can tell by your skin. That's where you came from, most of you, okay? But you know what? When Christ came, He went to all of these Gentile nations. His message did. And these Gentiles and Jews are now brought together. He talks about there the light of the truth shining there. Now, while a whole lot of Jewish people had a false understanding of the Messiah, here's this man, Simeon, who has the right understanding. Because a lot of Jews believed that, that Jesus would come, the Savior, and He would destroy the Roman Empire, set up a, uh, set up a government for the Jews on earth, and they would just rule the world. But that's not how the, how the Savior would do it. In a million years, they never thought, okay, Jew and Gentile are coming together. And that's what happened when Jesus came into this world. He's not just saving Jewish people. He's saving people from every nation and every tribe. Every creed, doesn't matter. He's going, his message is going into all the world and He's gathering Jew and Gentile, bringing them together for the glory of God. And then the message gets really serious. He, he, he warns Mary in verses 34 and 35. Look, look at this text here. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. I want you to notice that he prayed for Mary and Joseph. He goes and he, and he blesses them. That's the idea of praying for them. But he only speaks to Mary. Why? Because Joseph's going to be dead. Joseph will be with Jesus at least until he's 12 years old. But sometime between the age of 12 and 30, Joseph passed away. And Joseph would not see what Mary would see as far as what would happen to Jesus. He says here that this child is appointed for the rise and fall of many. Now what is the rise? Folks, the rise is salvation. A lot of people are going to be saved through this child He's going to shine His light in the darkest of hearts. People who were just ungodly and, and terribly sinful will be called out of darkness and into God's marvelous light. Born again. Washed. Made clean. Made whole. That's what this child is going to do. He's going to bring them up. He's going to save them. He's going to resurrect them. He's going to see them with Himself in heaven. But He also says the fall of many. In other words, He will be a stumbling block to many. A sign that is opposed so that the hearts of people will be revealed. If you, want to, if you, if you ever doubt the sinfulness of this world, look at what they did to Jesus. Look at this cross, folks. He says Christ will reveal the evilness in people's hearts. The way Christ was treated was just despicable, terrible, horrible. 
And no matter how obvious it is that Jesus is the Savior, Simeon says, you know, he's going to be rejected. You know, God's given us so many signs in Jesus, hasn't He? The virgin birth. The crucifixion itself where many miracles took place. The resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. But you know what? People are still going to deny that because they love their sin. And He says that these people will fall into darkness. You know, we always hear every year, you know, they're trying to take Christ out of Christmas. They're trying to remove Christmas. I'm not worried about that, y'all. You can't take Christ out of Christmas because He's already come. He's already come, folks. Jesus has already come. You can't undo that. Now, you can try to rewrite the story and you can try to deny the story, but the reality is you can't take Christ out of Christmas because He's already come. But Simeon says this child will be such a divisive being, He will either exalt you or He will humble you. And that's what we see in salvation, folks. You're either saved or you're lost. You either know Jesus or you don't know Jesus. One of those two things. You'll either be exalted when Christ returns or you'll be humbled when Christ returns. That's what Simeon says. Then look at that message he has for Mary in verse 35. He says, Mary, a sword will pierce through your soul. The crucifixion of Jesus would be especially hard on Mary. Now, we don't exalt Mary and we don't worship Mary and we don't pray to Mary. But Mary was a special woman, wasn't she? She had a special place in the story. She gave birth to Jesus. She had to to bear the shame of Christ before anyone else ever really bore the shame of Christ. She was called a fornicator. Uh, they, 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 They said things about her. Oh, yeah, right. You're pregnant by God. We believe that. She endured that. She had a natural birth, like I said this morning. The Scripture says that, 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 that Jesus passed through her, passed through her body in, in the normal way. And that's why she had to go for the purification uh, customs of the Jewish people. She followed Him when He started His ministry. She went around. Remember when, when He turned water into wine? She was there. And even when He was crucified, I mentioned this morning, when He was crucified, she was there too. She saw Jesus being crucified. While the disciples left, Mary was there. And she stood close enough to the cross, like I said this morning, that she heard Jesus say, Woman, behold your son, and pointed and, and looked toward John and said to John, John, take care of her. John, take care of her. And here's a woman who would see all that, and guess what happened? She was broken when she saw that. She was butchered emotionally. That's the idea of a sword will pierce through your soul. She was emotionally butchered by what she saw. But folks, listen, our focus shouldn't be Mary. Because while she was butchered emotionally, Jesus was butchered physically. Jesus truly was killed and crucified. Now some people might think, Simeon, what are you doing here? This is a mother with a newborn baby, her first child. What in the world are you talking to her like this for? You're going a little too far. This is supposed to be a happy day. Don't tell this woman this terrible news. How could Simeon be so happy and have this news to tell at the same time? Because, folks, when you get older, you really begin to appreciate what Jesus did on the cross. Amen? You know, the the manger's fine. And all the stories of Jesus feeding people's fine. 
and the stories of the healing, all that's fine and all that's wonderful. But as you get older, you begin to really think about the cross, I think. You begin to really think about how Christ came and died in your place on the cross. You don't think about that cute baby. You think about that crucified man. That crucified man. Jesus took our place on the cross, y'all. Jesus was judged in our place. And I've said this before. You know, the older you get, the more sins you've committed. Amen? And the older you get, the more you look back at your life and you say, boy, I tell you, I remember when I did that. Why did I do that? How could I have done such a thing? And you begin to feel before the Lord the guilt. And that's when you look to the cross. And even though Simeon knew that Christ would be butchered, it was still still a source of joy for him because he knew this baby was being butchered for him. This was the Lamb of God who would take away the sin of the world. And then I want you to see that that, that he worshipped God in verses 28 and 29 and in verse 38 we see it again. He and Anna both did this. It says in verse 28 that Simeon blessed God. And then it says in verse 38 that Anna thanked God. Anna just kind of walked in on the situation. There Simeon is and he's got this child up in his hands. And I kind of get the idea that maybe he's even dancing a little bit. You know, he's so happy to have Jesus. And and, and he walks in and Anna walks in and, and she sees this. And when she sees this, what does she do? She just kind of joins in on the worship of the Savior. It says that she told the other people even. That the Savior had come. See, Anna and and Simeon are examples of senior saints who love the Lord. Have you noticed it seems that as time grows on, here in the United States anyway, it appears the church is getting smaller, doesn't it? Fewer people care about the Lord. And in small churches across the world though, you know what? There are people like these two people. There are people just like Simeon. There are people just like Anna. Older people who who love the Lord. Older people who have been living for Jesus for a long, long time. Older people who have been looking to the sky and just hoping that they'll be of that generation when Christ returns. Older people, by the way, who never miss church. Not only who never miss church, but never miss a service. Are there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night? Older people who thank God and praise God for for all that God's done for them. Older people who tell other people about the Lord Jesus Christ. Tell other people about this Savior. You know, as I was studying this and I was thinking about these two people, Anna and Simeon, I was thinking, you know, I think I know some Simeons. I think I know some Simeons. I think I know some Annas. And you know what? If I live to be their age, by God's grace... If I live to be their age, I hope that I'll be just like them. Amen? I hope that I'll be just like them. And so you see here tonight when we look at this Christmas, it's not just for children. Because the truth is you never really appreciate Christmas, it seems to me, until you get older. And and the gifts just, just don't mean much at all. What is Christmas about? Christmas is about my sins are forgiven. I got to check out of here one day, amen? When you're a little kid, you don't think about checking out of here, do you? You just check in. But as you get older, you start thinking, man, I got to check out of here one day. And I've done some stuff 
I'm ashamed of. And the Bible says one of these days I've got to stand before God Almighty. And I've got to look at God. And when you understand that Christ Himself took your sins to the cross and as far as the east is from the west, they are removed. Boy, you grab hold of Jesus and you say, boy, I need Him. I need Him. My sins are forgiven in Christ. The peace that He gives, that peace that surpasses all understanding, not just in heaven, but in this world, you need that. Amen? Because as you get older, you get doctor's appointments, don't you? As you get older, you get bad news, don't you? As you get older, you get a call in the middle of the night and somebody left this world and it broke your heart. Amen? As you get older, these things happen to you. You need peace. And that's why I think Christmas takes on a whole different meaning. A joy that can't be removed by any circumstance in this world. Not to even mention the hope of heaven. Amen? The wonderful, true reality that, that Christ has said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto Myself. That where I am, there you may be also. What a promise that is. Amen? Listen to me, folks. Our gifts aren't even really opened yet. The gift of salvation is a wonderful gift and it's been opened by repentance through faith. But listen, most of the gifts that you and I have as Christians, we ain't even seen them yet. You hear me? They're reserved in heaven for us. Where moth and rust does not corrupt and thieves cannot break in and steal. And you see, folks, because of Jesus, we have all these things. Forgiveness. Peace. Joy and hope in this world. And that's why Christmas is not just for children. It's for every Simeon. It's for every Anna. And I'll tell you something, the older you get, the sweeter he gets. And the sooner you recognize how precious Jesus is and how wonderful this gift that God, the sooner you recognize that, my dear friend, the sooner you will begin to be able to enjoy the God who saved you. Boy, I love this story. Simeon, amen? And Anna. Friend, tomorrow is Christmas Day. I don't know what you do at Christmas. I don't know if you get up and read the Christmas story. and I don't know if it's just a, a lot of fun. Maybe you'll be traveling. I don't know what it is, but I hope that you'll slow down long enough. To be like Simeon and Anna. And praise God for the wonderful gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. In just a minute, we're going to sing a beautiful 